The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Jeremiah 29, 11. I want to spend some time today, as I said, talking about the direction that the church is heading. And I want to share with you what I believe the vision is that God has for us. But I want to start off this morning by just taking a moment just to say thank you. Thank you for everything that you're doing, that you've done in the past, and that you're going to do. Thank you for every one of you that come and you serve faithfully, that you give and continue to give into this church because you believe in what God's doing in our hearts and lives collectively. Thank you for what you're doing. We seriously could not do it without you. I know that we can say, well, you know, God... God can do anything, and that's true, but he still chooses to work through his children. And so I thank you for being so yielded and to, to just walk in what God has for, you, for us collectively again, but also for us individually. So thank you for being so faithful. You know, none of us are as strong as all of us. There's something amazing what begins to take place in the body of Jesus Christ when people walk in unity. Unity, unity is not sameness. It's complementariness. It means that we value different parts, different giftings and abilities. So thank you for doing that. As I said earlier, this is a defining moment in Amarillo Fellowship. I believe that our life is filled with defining moments. Every day that we live is a defining moment. But there are some big defining moments. And I believe that we've come to this place where there's an incredible defining moment that God has for us. So it's a big vision. And what I need from you today is to be a carrier of that vision. That you would say, not only, Richie, is this your vision that God's put in your heart about where we're going or in the leader's heart about where we're going, but this is going to become my vision. So today I want to share that um, with you, and I want to try to answer as many questions as I possibly can, but even the best I'm going to be able to do today, you're still going to have some questions. And so we've created a way for you to be able to text us and email us any questions you have about what it is that I'm going to talk about today. Now, I want to say that qualifier again, anything that I'm going to talk about today. So don't text me or email me saying, Richie, where'd you get that super cool shirt? Okay? Or don't text me or email me and say, Pastor Richie, what time does um, Connect Connect Group start on on, uh, Wednesday night? If you have any questions, though, about about what's going on, here's our text. It's 806-437-2664. Let me say that again, 806 437-2664. You're going to get a little information at the end of the service that's going to have this on there, but if you want to write it down now, or you can email at capitalcampaign, all one word, all lowercase, at amarillofellowship.com. Capitalcampaign at amarillofellowship.com. There's some people listening to the podcast, so I want to make sure that they grab that. Jeremiah 29 11 says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Let me read it again. God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Some of you are going to get that eventually. You're going to go, oh, God wants to prosper me. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I want to say this related to that. God wants to prosper you. He wants He's got incredible plans for you about your future. But can I tell you, we're also carriers of that purpose and that plan. 
That some of you, until they come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, you're going to be the only Jesus that some people are ever going to see. And what an opportunity you and I have to be the love and hope of Jesus Christ. In fact, as a community, (coughs) our purpose statement as a community is this. We are a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. We're a community. It means that we're in relationship together. It means that we're building one another up. We're speaking words of life over one another. I know some of you live or work in environments where people are always speaking doubt, fear, and unbelief over you, or they're always putting you down. They're always fearful of you becoming so prideful, and so you naturally have a cutting, witty tongue. Anybody here today? Don't elbow the person sitting next to you. But what we're in community for is to speak words of life into one another Listen, sometimes you just need somebody to pat you on the back, say, man, you can make it. Sometimes you need somebody to pray with you and encourage you and tell you, hey, listen, God's got a great purpose, plan, and destiny for your life. We're a community that's dedicated. We're not just going through the motions of this. We're dedicated to this. We're not playing church today. We are the church, and we want to live this out. And here's what we're dedicated to, spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. So we are, our purpose statement, if you boil everything down, we're doing, it's this. We're a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. Here in Amarillo and Amarillo Fellowship, we have a unique opportunity. Amarillo has one of the greatest challenges and opportunities to impact the panhandle of Texas. Um, we, We live in the Bible Belt. And so because of that, people that are born in the panhandle of Texas think that they're saved because they're American. And it's very hard to reach people who are lost when they don't even realize that they're lost in the first place. Um, I asked Pastor Stephanie recently to do a a study to figure out how many people in Amarillo are not connected in a church. Because sometimes you can drive around Amarillo and think, there's so many churches, why do we need to grow? Hey, it's all being taken care of. She found out from the survey that there are 80,000 people in Amarillo that have no church affiliation. This is talking about Christian churches, Muslim churches, Buddhist churches, all churches combined. There are still 80,000 people who say, I'm not affiliated with the church. How many of you know we've got a little bit of work to do? There's still some people that we need to reach, but I also believe on top of that, there are a lot of people who said, yeah, I belong to so-and-so church because they drive by it on the way to work, so it worked out really well for them. Or they attend on Christmas and Easter so that they think that they're a part of that. So we have a lot of unchurched people. We have a lot of de-churched people, people that have gotten hurt in church. Something happened, and they got de-churched. They got out of church, and they're, they're missing out on the relationships that we enjoy week in and week out. There, there are people who drive. I was talking with a gentleman between the break that drive all the way from Clarendon to come be a part of what God is doing in our hearts and lives. So it's an exciting thing. We have a regional influence. Also, Amarillo has a regional influence from the standpoint that people drive here for all of their basic needs. So we have a unique opportunity, but some challenges and opportunities. God has also given Amarillo Fellowship a unique effectiveness in reaching people with the good news of God's grace. We're currently attracting and engaging people who are far from God, who are de-churched, who have given up on church. We have a unique way of the way that we do worship. I know for many of you, you're like me, and you grew up where church music was the piano and the organ. I remember the day the drums got saved. The pastor announced, hey, once you know we've got drums here on Sunday, and it was so controversial and radical that he said, man, the drums got saved. 
You know what? We've progressed to the place where the electric guitar is now saved today. We have a very unique way of worshiping God, but it's because we think it's culturally where we're at. And I know that our church isn't for everybody, though that's hard to imagine, right? But we're not for everybody, but we are for people who are especially unchurched and de-churched, who, who love the, the freedom of the expression in our worship times. We're, we're constantly working on leading people to becoming fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. See, we recognize all of us are on a journey, and our desire is not to beat you up along the way, to tell you all the things that you're doing wrong, but to help you understand that God's got a great purpose and plan. Our loving environment and history has really impacted both secular and also the, the Christian community. So we're constantly developing all the human and ministry and the financial resources that we can continue to stay focused on the unique effectiveness that God has called us to. Amarillo Fellowship has also been growing steadily since its beginning. We've been very fortunate that at the very beginning when we started off with 11 people, God has just continued to add to our numbers, but it's growing even more since we moved into our new building. In fact, now because of that, we're beginning to, to sense some restraints and some, some inabilities, some things that are hindering our growth. In fact, you know, we, we can look around today and we can say, well, we've still got some room for growth, and that's true, but as I look around, we're probably 70% full just here in our sanctuary and church growth experts will tell you that 70% full has become full. We're Americans. We like our elbow room. We like to be able to sit down and spread out a little bit and say, this seat saved and this seat saved. You know, this is my space as I worship the Lord. I was telling the staff and some leaders recently that when the new Chick-fil-A opened up on Georgia, I always like to give a plug for Christian organizations. When the new Chick-fil-A opened up on Georgia, my wife and I went there, and it was crowded. I mean, the parking lot was full, the drive-through, the, the, the line was going around the building like 90 times. You, you've driven by and seen that? <clears throat> we walked in, and I stood about 15 people deep trying to get my food ordered. The place was packed. Finally got my food ordered. Had a hard time finding a seat. Now, as a manager, I'm sure he was sitting back there going, this is amazing, I love all of this business, but as a customer or as somebody who was coming into a new experience, I didn't like it as much. And when guests pull onto our parking lot and have to drive around for long periods of time because the worship pastor goes so long on a Sunday morning, all right, it's me, it creates a challenge, you know? And then when they come in and they take their kids back to Epic Children's Ministry, see, it's already growing uncomfortably crowded. A time when most people will come on Sunday morning and, and that they're seeing that crowded room. In fact, about a year ago, we had to take out the chairs and actually build bleachers so that we could house everything. Our United Student Ministry has really no place of their own. The only thing they have is a one room that we've kind of set in place as a hangout area. But every Wednesday when they're in here and they're going to do a service in here, they have to flip the sanctuary. Again, I mentioned our parking lot being 90% full. And the only reason why it's typically not completely full is because many leaders and volunteers park on the grass. So Emerald Fellowship is looking forward to the future that God has for us. God has an incredible future as we just continue to see new people coming in, new people, their lives being changed. So what we'd like to do is we'd like to begin developing a master plan and design about what our future is going to look like. And again, I'm trying to communicate this with you so that you can kind of understand where we're going. So the vision that God's put in my heart and in the other leader's heart that you have a, a clarity about where it is that we're going. We currently own about eight acres of land. 
Um, I'm trying to remember which way to go. We own all of the land south. Is that right? Yes, we own all of the land south down to the next street, this field out behind us, and we own about an acre and a half right over here, but we don't currently own the two and a half acres that sits on our northwest corner. So we want to we purchase this land so that we can do all the things that God's put in our hearts to do. We don't have to purchase that, but what we do not want to have happen is continue to grow and get landlocked and somebody else buy that and put something in there. We'd like to eventually put a building on there, a building that will house our student ministry. A building that will house educational and equipping classes. One of the biggest challenges that we have with our small groups that we call connect groups is is host homes, a place where people can meet. Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to drop your kids off and then go meet here in the facilities here where you can get in a group of people that you're in relationship with, do it right here on campus? We'd also like to put in a, a kitchen, a commercial kitchen and a gymnasium. Wouldn't that be awesome to be able to have that environment? In fact, one of the things that is in my heart to do would be on Wednesday nights to have a meal prepared so that you parents that run around like chickens with your head cut off, running through Chick-fil-A or other places, trying to get food in your kids before you drop them off at church and then get to your connect group, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to come, have some chicken fried steak? Sometime we get to hang out together and eat together. So there's all kinds of incredible things that we like to do with that building Eventually, we'd like to build another building that would be a sanctuary that would be able to house, house a little bit more of, of people that are coming in. This, this building has been awesome for us. We've had to adapt. You know, We tore down walls. We, we insulated the back hallways. But wouldn't it be awesome if this was our children's ministry facility, this entire thing, and we had an amazing sanctuary complete with a, a, a coffee um, bar or whatever it is so you could get your reload on caffeine? It'd be awesome to have. So that's kind of where we're going with the land. We also recognize that as a society, we're very media-driven. If you are on Facebook or anything, you know that today especially they post videos all the time on Facebook. In fact, the moment you get to it, it starts playing. And it is kind of funny to laugh at other people's problems and mistakes in life and goofy things that they do. But we're a very media-driven society. And so we like to branch into the area of media and really begin capturing testimonies of all the things that are happening in people's lives. You know, those of you that are so faithful in giving week in and week out, sometimes you don't even realize all the life change that is taking place. It'd be so awesome to be able to capture that. People's lives that have been radically changed. Many of you, many of us, that our lives have been radically changed because of what God's doing in our midst. We'd also like to be able to do video illustrations of sermons that kind of just drive home the good news of Jesus Christ. The other thing is that our roof that we're in this facility is, is currently uh, leaking and, and need, is in very need of repair. Many of you remember when we, when we bought this building, we negotiated for about three months trying to get the church that was there uh, in this building before to repair that. But, you know, they built this building for $3.6 million. We bought it for $2.25 million. So we felt like it was something that we could do. They ended up giving us $50,000 to take care of that, but it needs to be repaired. This past week, I was at a pastor's conference with, um, with some pastors at a round table, and I got a uh, video sent to me of water pouring in one of our offices because of the snow melting in there. So we need to re- repair that. So there's, there's some obstacles, and there's some things that are kind of limiting us right now. So how do we feel about our current limitation? Well, our hearts are broken, It always breaks my heart when the youth pastor or the children's pastor or a connect group coach or someone comes to me that wants to start a new ministry and said, man, if we just had this area, if we could just 
do this. Now, they're adapting and we're trying to do all kinds of things, but it really breaks my heart of any limitation that we would put on people understanding the good news of Jesus Christ because it's getting increasingly difficult with capacity issues. Now, we can look around today and go, well, we've still got room. But listen, if we wait until we don't have room to start planning, we're going to lose a lot of momentum. We're going we're to create this issue where people are not going to be able to come in and really understand the good news of Jesus Christ. So our heart's desire is to minister to people in all of the panhandle of Texas, to have a redemptive impact on our culture. See, the world is having an impact on our culture. Our desire is to have a redemptive impact on our culture. Where people know about and understand the good news of Jesus Christ, to be faithful stewards of all that God is putting in our hearts and lives. So here's, here's an emerging vision of what it is that we're doing. We are wanting to develop and initiate a master plan, again, creating a sense of clarity about where we're heading that can set us on a course to fulfill the vision and the mission that God has for us as a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. So again, we want to create a clear vision that has an impactful and lasting legacy. Here's how we're expressing the passion of the vision that God has put in our hearts. It's based upon Jeremiah 29, 11, giving hope and a future. Man, I absolutely love that. That's what we want to be about for the next several years as we focus on this, giving hope and a future. Let me break down the words for you and what we mean by that. Giving, helping those who will be giving understand how much God has given to them and leading them to the revelation of the fulfillment and joy that comes from giving to and investing in the lives of others. Listen, God blesses you and I so that we can be blessed and so that we can be blessing to another. The Bible says that God gives bread to the eater and seed to the sower. What that basically means is God gives you some bread for you to enjoy. How many of you are thankful he's given you some bread for you to enjoy? But he's also given you some seed for you to invest in other people that you can begin to see a harvest come. Listen, the Bible says that give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, together will men give into your bosom. As we give, the measure that we use that goes on to say is the measure that it's measured back to us. So God wants us to all be givers. And listen, I know it's wonderful to receive. I love to receive. So anytime you want to give, I love to receive. You want to give anything to me? But I want, to, I want you to know the greatest fulfillment and the greatest contentment and the greatest joy comes from investing in the lives of others. When you give your life away, when you pour into other people. Second part of that is giving hope. Helping those who will attend Amarillo Fellowship know the hope that we're discovering, the hope that is only found in living in Christ Jesus. We also want to create where we have facilities that rival anything that secular society has. I know some of you kind of think, well, we could actually meet in a warehouse and we could set up some folding chairs. That's absolutely true. We could. But I believe that when we begin to express and we begin to see God's goodness in comfortable chairs, heated or air-conditioned room, wonderful sound system, great lighting, great nursery facilities. It's a testimony to the goodness of God. Final thing is in a future, helping those who will come after us be able to stand upon our shoulders to reach higher, do more, and have a greater impact than what we're currently doing. See, as a, as a people of God, we're constantly in process. And what our hearts desire is for people to be able to stand upon our shoulders and be able to do more. That what right now is our ceiling becomes their floor. 
That what we've, many of us that, that were here, I was talking to Ed Schrader at the beginning of the service today, and he was back there in the day when we were at the school, and Ed was the one that was responsible in the parking lot. He would, the little area of parking we'd have, he would try as much as he could to get all the right people in. We put out signs on I-40, and the highway department came and stole them. He had to go get them from him. Actually, they just took them, and we had to go back and get them from him. But those early days, now today, people are standing on Ed's shoulders. We're walking in here, and we're no longer having to fight with the city about signs on the highway or anything like that. So it's awesome to see what God's doing, and we just want to see the future of those that are coming up behind us. Many of you, where you're at, you're just beginning to understand this. You've, you've never given. You've never served. You're just beginning to understand the goodness of God. There's going to come a revelation that you're going to begin to understand the power of giving your life away, and you'll be standing on our shoulders. So here's what we're proposing to do. We want to purchase the two acres that's on the northwest side of our property. Does anybody have my little clicker? Thank you. Thank you, sweetie. This is this little place right here. Again, we own all of this all the way down to the street. We own that eight acres. We want to purchase that two plus acres right there. Again, developing a master plan. We don't want to not purchase that and then later on go back and have to move buildings around. It's quite expensive to move large buildings. And so we want to make sure that we get our master plan down from the beginning. The second thing that we need to do is we need to put in 80 plus more parking spaces. Now, if you have left or come to the second service like many of you do, you know how frustrating it is as you circle around the parking lot. Some of you lose your religion even before you walk in here because you're getting so frustrated about finding a parking spot. We want to put in 80 to 100 parking spots, and we're going to do that, we believe, right here. Again, once we develop a master plan, we'll know a little bit better, but this is the space that we think we want to put it in. We'll have access out here and access here, so we'll be able to all get in and out very safely, and again, not lose our religion coming in or going out. Third thing is we need to put on a new roof. As I shared earlier, the, the leaks that we're dealing with, it's going to cost us about $200,000 to put on a brand new roof, but we want to get this taken care of so that this building will last us for years to come. The fourth thing is we want to purchase video equipment to begin developing the, the media side of our ministry. All the, all the visual things that we we're able to do, as I explained earlier. And the fifth and final thing is pay off a $25,000 construction loan that we currently have. Let, let me, $35,000? Did I say the wrong number? $35,000 construction loan that we already have. Let me just tell you where we're at financially. We're really doing good. You guys are such a blessing. And because of that, we have about um, a month and a half budget to almost two months of budget in the bank on a consistent basis. That's a lot different than the early days when it was, oh, Jesus, come on, big offering on the end of the month. Thank you, Lord. We're getting paid and we can pay our rent this month. So it's been very exciting. We were able to pay off a few months ago a $40,000 $40, of that um, note, but we want to pay the rest of it off. And so we're just excited about what God's doing. And so these are some things that we want to do. So I want to ask you today to imagine these things with me. Imagine a growing, vibrant church at Emerald Fellowship filled with people who are finding hope in God. That's what you're doing. This is not about bricks and mortar. It's not about parking lots. It's not about land. It's not about any of those things. It's about creating a, an opportunity. It's about removing roadblocks so that people can come in and discover the hope of Jesus Christ. Imagine a facility for all ministries to disciple, serve, and connect people with God and others. Imagine a service where video production adds creativity and content 
to the message of Jesus Christ. You know, every time I use a little video clip, that's the thing that people always remember more than anything else because there are so many creative things that you can do that just drive home the goodness of God. Imagine a space that has room to house the vision of every ministry of Amarillo Fellowship. <clears throat> and imagine a campus large enough for future educational ministries such as a daycare and a school. You know, one of the things that I love about what we're all about is we absolutely love to use our facilities. We don't just use this on Sunday morning. We, we love to use it all week long. And you'll come on, a, on nights, you'll find that there are workout groups that are here, meeting here as connect groups. There's connect groups meeting here, children's ministry, youth ministry, all kinds of things going on. In fact, when we bought this building, it almost actually looked brand new and y'all have wore it out. But it's exciting because that's what this is about. This is not, again, about bricks and mortar. It's, not, it's about lives being changed. And just think if we could have a daycare where moms and grandparents and dads that you know, are trying to figure out a place to put their kids in and us getting the opportunity to pour the love and hope of Jesus Christ into them. A school, a charter school. I'm not talking necessarily about a private school, but a charter school that is basically funded. The government actually pays you per student. It helps pay for our building and also creates an environment where we can't preach Jesus to them, but we can definitely talk about all of his characteristics and, and things that sometimes might be missing in other schools. Now, I am for public education. My, both my boys have gone through it and done well, but I also know that there are some people who don't thrive as well in that. And so it'd be awesome for us to create that opportunity for them in a, in a charter school. So here's what our goal is. Here's what we're going to be focused on. We're going to raise $750,000 over the next three years. And did you notice I said that we're going to do that? This is what we're going to do. We're going to raise $750,000 over the next three years. Now, here's where we came up with this number. First of all, we think it's going to be about three hundred. Um, thousand somewhere in there, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less to purchase the land. It's going to be about $200,000 for our roof, a um, little bit more, a little bit less, a little bit less, um, as I look at the roofers who probably may end up doing it. Um, it's going to cost us about $100,000 for our um, parking lot. It's going to cost us anywhere from about fifty dollars to $100,000 to really break into video to do real high-quality, high-definition stuff. Um, if you've ever watched somebody's videoing a church or your kid's program and it was real jiggly the whole time, you felt like you were in an earthquake while you were watching it, not very high quality. We want to really do a high quality job. And then again, we want to pay off our construction loan. So here's what I'm really going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to begin praying about what it is that God would have you to give. I, I'm not trying to put numbers on you. Um, I, I want you to get alone. In fact, we're gonna, we have a prayer devotional that we want to kind of ask you in the month of February to kind of get a little bit more focused on God. Maybe in your quiet time in the morning, start speaking to God about God, what it is that you would have me to do. God, what is it that you want me to do? And I'm telling you, don't do anything because you heard somebody else doing something. You do what God puts in your heart. If you do what God puts in your heart, if we all do that, it's going to be easily taken care of. I know that for some of you, it's, that number sounds overwhelming. For some of you, you're like, is that it? We could do more than that. In fact, I don't know if I said this yet, but when we um, began talking with some people that are helping us through this, what they basically said as a church we can do over a three-year period is we can raise anywhere from $700,000 to $1.2 million quite easily. We believe that $750,000 is the number, and we believe that we can do it quite easily. So I want to ask you to pray about it, and then I want to ask you to be committed to giving sacrificially. Listen, 
You can't outgive God. As I mentioned earlier, as we give, it's given unto us. Now, I'm not teaching giving to get. I'm not telling you that if you give $100, God's going to give you $1,000. I don't know how God's going to bless you, but I promise you, God will not be outdone. My life is living testimony. Sometimes I have to contend for some stuff, as I mentioned earlier. Sometimes I have to fight the good fight of faith. And the Bible says that when the devil steals from you, the Bible says that a thief has to repay seven times. So if something breaks down in your, you just start declaring Devil, you got to repay that seven times and just watch God do some supernatural things. So listen, I'm not talking about a, anything about, you know, you do something, God's going to do something. I'm talking about you getting alone with God, hearing what God is telling you to do, and then give. It's not about equal gifts, but it is about equal sacrifice. See, what's a sacrifice for me may not be a sacrifice for you. What's a sacrifice for somebody else may not be a sacrifice for me. But just whatever it is that God puts in your heart, I'm going to ask you to have an open heart for the next several months. As Pam and I have been thinking about this for the last several months, I've been praying about it, and the number that God gave me scared me, seriously. And I began to say, get thee behind me, Satan. You do not have the things of God in mind. And um, then I started talking to Pam, and she said the exact same number. So I know it's what God's put in our heart to do. But I'm telling you, every time I've taken a step of faith, I'm always amazed at how faithful God is. I don't know what a step of faith is for you. It might be something small. It might be something big. You've got to hear from God on what it is that God would have you to do. So here's how we're going to make the vision become a reality. Here's what we're going to do. Today, I'm, I'm talking about this, asking you to begin to pray. Um, where there's, again, there's a prayer devotional that you can kind of walk through. Pastor Stephanie's going to give you a little bit more information on that in just a moment. But here's how we're going to make the vision become a reality. On Sunday, March 1st, a month from today, we are going to have a first fruits offering. And what that's going to be is I'm going to bring, and I'm going to ask you to bring, your first and best to God about what it is that you think God would have you to do. Now, you're not bringing everything because we're also going to be receiving your faith commitment cards. But whatever it is that you think you're, God's putting in your heart to give and you've been praying about it, that Sunday, we'll start with a first fruits offering. That will be part of your commitment. And we're going to turn in a commitment, faith commitment card that you're saying over the next three years, counting the first fruits offering, this is what I'm pledging to give. Three years is a long time. God can do some extraordinary things in your heart. I'm asking you just to step out in faith and just really trust God, but, but do the thing again that God's put in your heart. Okay. So again, let me say that one more time. A month from today, we're going to have a first fruits offering on March 1st. It's going to be an exciting time. You are not going to want to miss. You're going to mark the date. It's going to be a opp great opportunity for us to invest in people's lives that are coming after us. And also, we'll turn in our commitment card that all that commitment card will be part of the first fruits offering and what we give over the next three years. Now, I think I'm being clear, but in case I'm not, again, I want to remind you, that if you have questions, guys, throw the number up there again, if you would. If you have questions, you can text. So we're raising 750000 You can text at 806-437-2664. It's 806-437-2664. Or you can email to capitalcampaign at amarillofellowship.com. Capitalcampaign at amarillofellowship.com. I'm going to invite the keyboard player if she would come on up. Um, you know, each week I'm going to try to answer some of your questions that are coming in to kind of help you understand some things about where we're going. Our heart's desire is to create a sense of clarity so that you understand what it is that we're doing so that, again, we all own this vision and that you really will buy into it. 
But one of the questions that we got asked this week that I think is a very legitimate question is why don't we just raise money and reduce all of our note? Take all of it and just totally get out of debt. I want you to know I would love to be totally out of debt and maybe somebody's going to come along. They might be here today. They're going to write a check, totally get us out of debt. But what we're going to focus on is we are going to focus on the thing that is keeping us from reaching others for Christ or discipling people that are coming to know Christ. That's the thing. We're, we're looking at the obstacle that we currently have. We're able to pay our note each month. Again, you guys are so faithful. We're able to take complete care of that. But where the obstacle that we're facing right now and going to continue to face is related to our facilities. We got to start thinking about the next step. We got to start thinking about the future and what it is that God has for us. So I want to close today by sharing with you a story. Chad Auckland is a guy that's working with us, kind of helping us as we walk through this process. And in November, when we got together as leaders, he shared this story with us. And I wanted to read this to you. It said this, John Maxwell was pastoring Skyline Westland at the time in San Diego, and they were facing their fifth consecutive capital campaign, and John wasn't very happy about it. He was meeting with the board and lamenting that they were having to do another campaign. He said, people are tired of giving sacrificially. He said, Margaret and I, that's his wife, we're tired as well. As they were leaving the meeting, one of his board members approached him and asked if he could speak about the giving fatigue that he was talking about. So John sat down and he listened. The gentleman, this board member, began to explain to John that he and his wife had tried for years to have a child and it seemed like they weren't going to be able to have one. Then one day when he was 38 and she was 37, she got pregnant and for nine months later, and nine months later, they had their only baby, a baby girl. He began to tell John about how, as she began to grow up, that as a little girl, she wanted to be a part of brownies and, and Girl Scouts and all that doesn't come for free. As she grew into elementary school, she played softball and soccer and basketball and cost her mom and dad a fairly large amount of money for her to do all those things. Once she entered middle school, she became a cheerleader, and we all know that it costs a lot of money to be a cheerleader, as well as playing an instrument and band that they had to rent. As she progressed through high school, they recognized that she had a great propensity towards academics, that she was very intelligent, and she began to to, to approach her mom and dad and said that she wanted to go to an Ivy League school for college. The dad said, we prayed about it and really felt led by the Lord to help her fulfill the dream. So they paid for four years of school. It was the greatest sacrifice that they made outside of their home financially. During her senior year at Brown University, she approached us again and told, her, told them that she wanted to commit, continue on at Brown to get her master's. They were a little bit stunned because they thought the end of the race was coming, but they decided to go ahead and support her dreams for this as well. She graduated with her master's from Brown at the age of 24. They were so excited and they were so proud. But it wasn't long after that that his wife and this gentleman, this board member, were sitting in their living room one evening when at nine o'clock they received a knock on the door. They were a bit stunned because people don't typically drop by at nine o'clock. He answered the door and it was the local sheriff and he began to share with him the news that every parent dreads. He said, sir, I regret to inform you that your daughter has been killed in a head-on crash. John, the man went on to say, we buried her a week later. And the day after her funeral, she stopped costing us money. He said, John, only living things cost you money. See, and as long as Amarillo and Amarillo Fellowship are filled with people that are living and breathing, it's going to cost us money. 
God has a wonderful future in store for each one of us. And we're going to continue to see God change our living, breathing lives and the living, breathing lives of people that are yet to come. And even though I know we're just now getting our minds around all of this, about all the incredible things that God is about ready to do, and even though it might seem a little bit overwhelming to you right now, I want to remind you of what Jesus said to the father of the demon-possessed boy in Mark 9. He said this, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. It may feel a little bit overwhelming and you're thinking, Pastor Richie, man, you don't know where I'm at. Listen, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. I want to pray over you today. I want to pray that God will begin to do something fresh in your heart and life. I want to ask you today to make a commitment to say, I'm going to hear from God. I'm going to set aside some time. I'm going to take some time over the next month to really hear from God what God would say. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to acknowledge this in any way. This is between you and the Lord. But would you do that right now in your heart? Would you say, God, I'm committed. God, I'm committed to praying and seeking. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.